Is this a song? Aquarius. Come on now. Now I need really need to shut the music down. You won't, will you? The chicken. I'll let him go. Isn't that lovely? No, I feel like I feel like we need to start over. No, we're not starting over. We've never started over in the history of the show, have we? Well, I guess we're gonna have to continue. That's right. Hopefully, we've really got your attention now. Welcome to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with uh, myself, Todd Vino, and Clinton Wilkins on in uh, City News in Halifax and Ottawa. Look, that got people's attention, there's no doubt. Now, when we started the segment, I said, we're going to do something a little different. And we're, what did he say? I said, we're going to be avant-garde. Right. And of course, you went, no, nah, what's that mean? And no, Jonathan over there did the same thing. Neither of them had any clue what I meant, but that was avant-garde. It was different. It was, it was uh, how else would we describe it? I don't know. Picasso. Maybe it was Picasso. And maybe it was, you know, your listening pleasure. Or maybe you're like, you're already turning the, the channel. I'm not sure. No. Hopefully you'll stick with us here. No, no, nobody's turning the channel. Anyway, listen, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. This is a bit of a, a, an auspicious occasion because it's mm-hmm. the last episode of the fourth season of us doing Mortgage 101. And that, to me, is... That, that's significant. We've done this. We've done a lot of these things. Yeah, we've certainly done a lot, lot of these. And, uh, you know, it's the end of November now when you're hearing our show. And, um, you know, it is still financial literacy month. So we're really going to still talk about, you know, what financial literacy, you know, means to us mm-hmm. and how you can keep financial literacy going through the holidays and into the new year. And, you know, I think we're going to talk a lot about, you know, what we talked about all year. And, you know, I think we're going to do a little bit of a recap. And we have a, we have a, guest. We have a guest coming on as yeah. well. James Dwyer. He's been on my uh, radio talk show on a regular basis. And we've had him also on and Mortgage he's, 101. He's been on Mortgage 101 and I, very insightful. Mm-hmm. He knows the market very well. He's a realtor here in Halifax with Engel and Volkers. And, you know, we're going to get his perspective of what's going on here in the in the market in Halifax. As we all know, in Ontario, things have been very soft, Todd. Yep. You know, we're getting reports, obviously, from uh, professionals in Ontario. And we've uh, obviously reported that uh, on the news and on our show. Um, and so I'm curious to hear what uh, James has to say about Nova Scotia yeah, yeah. Um, and really what's going on here in Halifax. So we'll hear, we'll hear from him a little bit later in our show as well. Uh, I'm often curious. There's, there's, so, many, uh, there's so many brokers or, or, or business companies out there, whatever. You, you just mentioned one in particular. There's some real staples. Exit. All, does it, I've heard that it's, it's not necessarily got anything to do with that. It's about the realtor themselves. The personality—that's really what matters. When I think it comes there's nuancey differences between yeah. different, you know, uh, real estate brokerages. You know, mm-hmm. some maybe offer more services, some offer less. You know, the offering is very similar. I think across the board. Um, I think you know when you're buying or selling a home, at least from my perspective, from the right. mortgage industry, you spend you know let's say five hours with me maximum, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. I think sometimes you spend forty hours or more with a realtor. So I think right. it's really about the personality fit. And I think it's also about someone that you think is going to be looking after your best interests. It's the biggest purchase of your life. You want to have someone who's an expert. And I usually usually recommend, you know, a couple of names, you know, when I'm giving a referral. Mm-hmm. I think someone who lives and works in the area that you're looking to buy, right. I think that's valuable. And I think it needs to be a good fit and someone that you think is going to work on. Yeah, so for, for you, it, for you, it's not just a ma- automatic. Here's this one. Here's person. here's the here's the one. Here's right. The it's, it's you have a, a number of people, and you make you make that 
that fit work? We deal with different realtors every day. Yeah. Todd, as you can imagine, obviously yeah. we kind of have our go-to people that we do more transactions with because it's a relationship business. Just like there's certain lawyers that we do business with every day, um, certain lenders that we do business with every day. So, yeah. you know, I think this certainly is a relationship business. Um, and I think, you know, when you're buying a home, I think having a, a really great realtor on your side makes yes. a huge, huge difference. I think back in the day, um, some consumers would want to use the listing agent when mm -hmm. they're buying a home because they think they could maybe get a bit of a deal. Right. But the listing agent is really giving the loyalty to their first client, which is the seller. Mm -hmm. And in Nova Scotia, if you were to use the listing agent to buy the home, you would then not have any brokerage representation. Right. You would actually come in um, you know, just as a customer, you, and you would have to make all the decisions and give all the direction yourself. And you can't lean on them for advice right. because they are giving advice to their client, which is the seller. Yeah. Uh, concerning people selling their own properties, uh, this is kind of in vogue for a while. I, it, 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 it never really catches on on a big scale. And I'm, and I can only assume the reason why it doesn't is because, and I'm not dissuading anybody from doing it. Like but fit, I, FISBO, are you talking about? Like for whatever, sale by owner? Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen some of these pop up or even people just buy a sign and put it on the front lawn and say, I'm going to save all that money. There's got to be a reason why it's it doesn't happen more often. Mm -hmm. And it is, and I'm assuming because it, these things don't go well sometimes. I'll tell you why people use a realtor. I think one, they sell faster with a realtor. I think yeah. they sell for a higher price with a realtor. Mm -hmm. The realtor is providing more protection. And, um, you know, I, a lot of private sales don't work out, Todd. Now, what, what do you Trust mean protection? Me. What do you, like, explain what you mean by that. Well, it, let, just think, if you're selling a home, yeah. you have to bring strangers into your home. You're, they're not vetted. You have no idea who these people are. Right. Right? Yeah. And I think with a realtor, typically there's two realtors working together to facilitate the transaction. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more layers of protection within the right. transaction. Yeah. And if, and if something goes wrong, hopefully it doesn't, but if something does go wrong, you have professionals there to help work it out. Yeah. And... You know, you're then separated from the seller. It, it's a big financial transaction. Yeah. It can become very tangly when yeah, things go wrong. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I, find, I would never not use a realtor. Yeah, I find it interesting because I've sold, bought, and sold a lot of homes. Mm -hmm. And you and you never meet... I have to. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Mm -hmm. But but it's interesting that, that you don't meet this often or almost never meet the sellers. Or the, they, they don't... And the, very they're, rarely. They're, and, but it, it kind of... Like you said, it, it takes that personal touch out of that, which is a good thing because you don't become invested well, just in, in, a, in an emotional way with these people at all. Right? Exactly. Just think yeah. if you're hammering them and you're going to negotiate and whatever, if you have that connection, that becomes more challenging, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Or, and, they, or they bring their kid in and the kids, oh, I love this room. And you're showing them and then suddenly you'd like them and you're going to give them a better deal. Like, I, well, or, I, like, I don't know if know? that really happens. I think sometimes <laughs> they lean on if you really love the house, well, you can pay full price or you can pay yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit less in negotiation. So yeah. I always, always recommend you have your own representation. Yeah. And I think the, your own representation for someone who's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah. I think the fit is so, so, so important. Yeah. I guess uh, what we're, what I'm what I'm getting at is that realtors often, you know, like like in a lot of professions, like mm -hmm. you probably get a lot of, oh, you make all this money and you but whatever. But the reality is, is that these jobs are, uh, to there to protect you and 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 as you've said a thousand thousand times the biggest purchase of your life that mm -hmm. that can make or break your you your financial future 100 percent right and i think that's really they're there to protect you as a mm -hmm. client and when you use a realtor as a buyer you don't pay them 
it's a seller who bought who pays yeah, both exactly. sides. Yeah. So I think having your own representation certainly does have a value. And uh, I can't, you know, stress enough that you really need to find someone that you're going to, you know, mesh well with. Do right? you think we have a good blend right now of realtors in, in, the, in the province? I think it's like the 90-10 rule or the 80-10 rule. Yeah. It doesn't matter what type of, you know, business you're in. You know, there's a certain percentage that are doing the bulk of the transactions, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, having someone who has experience obviously has a value, especially when you're really looking for that protection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very tough time to be a realtor right now. Uh, you know, even when it was really, really busy, Todd, um, they sometimes had to make 20 offers to get one successful transaction. Yeah, that's right. And it's just so uber competitive. You know, I, for me, I would never envy them. I don't think they have an easy job. I think some consumers think they just go and they unlock the door, they make an agreement and you're done. Right. No. In some ways, they're kind of acting like a little mini lawyer by making these financial, Mm -hmm. um, you know, agreements that are binding and they're giving advice. They're arranging inspections. They're dealing with mortgage financing like with us. And um, it's a very complex role and I think it is very, very challenging. And I, um, my hat really goes off to successful realtors because uh, it's a tough gig. And at times they have to tell people bad news, right? You're the, you're the very, bad guy. You're the very, bad very often. Yeah. And I think in my role, oftentimes I'm yeah. the happiness maker. So yeah. I love what I do. Obviously, I love mortgage lending. We've been, to, we've been doing this for four seasons and there's always something new to talk about, um, which I think is exciting. And the one thing about mortgage lending is... I get to see my clients, I think, a lot more. Usually realtors are very transactional. You know, you do one transaction. Unless you're buying and selling all the time, you don't see the realtor again. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of talk about realtors. Uh, We're going to chat with uh, James. We're going to chat with James coming up next. And again, it's Financial Literacy Month. It's November. We're going to talk about all things financial literacy. We're going to talk more about income, assets, and credit. And I think when we talk to James, we'll certainly talk about how can we build our assets um, by uh, owning real estate. All right, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, right here on City News in Halifax and Ottawa. We will be back. Welcome back uh, to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Mino, right here on City News in Halifax and Ottawa. What are you grinning at me for like that? I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just very happy. This was a, a new... You're staring at me like, 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 like as though you've got some type of... I don't know, trying to say or something. Or something. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, that was a new Sam Smith song, if anybody's uh, curious. Well, perhaps they were. Perhaps you were curious, yes. or you are curious, or you are curious again. Uh, Mortgage One One, your guide home ownership. This is a, the uh, the uh, fourth season we've done. This. this is the last show, Financial Literacy Month, and as part of the auspicious occasion, we wanted to have a guest on the show today. Yeah, we do. We have James Dwyer from Engel and Volkers here in Halifax, and we have James on the line. James, James, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good day, gentlemen. Good day. Good day. James, what's it like out there? What's the market been in uh, Halifax? Has it been a pretty hot fall market? 
Uh, well, no, the activity is down uh, quite a bit in comparison to last year. So, um, you know, uh, I think we're down about 37.5% in volume. But the interesting thing is that median sale price has gone up for the second uh, month in a row after uh, the drop from the peak. So the lowest point we've reached was uh, median sale price of 430. We're now sitting at 460. Um, got a couple of theories on that. Actually, is 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 you know with with uh, interest rates increasing rapidly, it's creating a bit of a shock to the system, um, and thus in turn, same thing on the seller side. You know, if they feel that you know the buyer confidence isn't there, then they're they're not listing. So what we're seeing right now is that uh, buyer activity is outperforming the listing side again. Um, and I suspect that with a lot of buyers, you know, which, uh, you know, it, it, it's a situation where, you know, the desire to own a home, uh, and, and move forward with things is, is starting to drive that a little bit, yeah. considering that a lot of buyers kind of took the summer off, um, after the first initial rate hike. Yeah. I think, uh, for at least what we're seeing here on the mortgage side, James, that some people were really fatigued, I think from the last two years, yeah. as you know, you know, so many properties, yeah. there were 20 plus offers. And I think that yeah. was kind of disheartening. Um, what yep, we're seeing here is agreements are actually starting to come together. And I think I, you kind of hit on it. There's not as many transactions, but there are successful mm-hmm. transactions happening. And it, it seems to us that we're seeing that, um, I don't know if prices are down per se, but, uh, prices seem to not be going as, uh, you know, over the list price. I think things are getting listed more at a realistic correct. price or something. I don't know, but can yeah, you speak to correct. that maybe a little bit? And, and- yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's the evolution of the, the psyche of the buyer, right? Mm-hmm. So after going through a period of time where, you know, we got very demotivating to constantly be losing and seeing houses sell at such high prices over the ass, you know, they're now into a position where, you know, yes, they're they're more conscious of things and, and it's more realistic uh, at the list prices. And, uh, you, know, they're, they're, you know, they're much more reserved, I guess, in, in, in the thought process of going over. But like I said, you know, uh, with, with not enough inventory there, uh, it's, it's definitely having a, a positive impact on, on home sellers right now, for sure. What can you tell us about new construction, James? Uh, new construction um, seems to be chugging along well. Uh, we're waiting on some data points to come out from uh, from here in Nova Scotia. Um, but across the country, uh, especially in Toronto, uh, which is the uh, ground zero, if you will, uh, is uh, uh, some some some. Some heavy, heavy, heavy data for sure, but nothing at the local level. Just yeah, I, w- I would think. I though, uh, to, to interrupt you, sorry to interrupt you, James, but I yeah. would think that yeah. it, w- with the supply chains and and, and the issues mm-hmm. with costs and, and inflation and all of that, I would just think mm-hmm. that for some people, a new home construction would not be the best option right now, depending on on the flexibility of their budget. What what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, we've actually seen a couple of uh, builders locally um, start to kind of do some teaser pricing or, or, or bring down their pricing to, to kind of reflect the market. But at the end of the day to, you know, what's really hurting them on their side is cost of construction is still uh, not quite in line with things. And uh, you know, and that's, and that's becoming a big challenge for them. And wh- what we're seeing is people have entered into some of these agreements six months ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And now with the way that the mortgage rates have increased, they're maybe not qualifying again. Uh, with most consumers, they need to get their rates set 120 days before closing. Are you seeing yeah. some buyers back out of their agreements that they entered into, you know, months or a year plus ago, um, you know, either due to financing or due to, you know, other economic challenges like inflation? Not on my side of things, um, you know, within the industry, we do see a little bit of it, but it's not mm-hmm. what I would say, 
you know, uh, um, headline worthy, if you will, the data. You know, it's pretty in line right now with that. Um, of course, we do see a little bit of it, uh, but not, but not a substantial side. It must. Be, I think the more important oh, thing sorry, that, that came out yesterday was uh, was was permits from across the country, like people uh, builders applying for permits, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're down seventeen point five percent for for building permits across the country right now. So that definitely tells you that on the new construction side of things, things are slowing. Slowing, yeah. yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, you know, I think the one challenge here in Halifax and in Nova Scotia is. We ha- still have more demand for housing than we do supply. In Ontario, Agreed. in some markets, you know, they're down 10, 20, 30, 40% yeah. in terms of price, not even transaction. Obviously, we know the transactions nope. are down, yep. but the prices have certainly softened. I don't think yep. we're seeing that here. I think primarily nope. we've had a very conservative market, um, you know, historically, you know, one, two, three percent price growth. Now, obviously, we know mm-hmm. the last couple of years there's been more growth due to the demand in the market, obviously, since COVID. And I, and I think maybe we're getting into more of this balanced market, but there's still, you know, an opportunity to have much more supply come online to kind of like, uh, you know, appease that. I, I think demand. you're right on that. You know, it's, it's you know, I, I was trying to look at it from a selling perspective and say, you know, who's, who's going to be kind of leading that charge going into mm-hmm. 2023 to, to sell homes, right? And, and obviously with, you know, if, if anyone's kind of locked in at a really good interest rate about, say, over the last two or three years, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going anywhere. I mean, why would you, you know, why would you want to sell that and, and, and lose that, you know, kind of great little interest rate that you're locked in for a period of time? But, you know, anything pre to that, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you look at, say, January 2019 when the median sale price was 282 and now today we're at 460. I mean, that's still a substantial it's significant. growth. It's yeah, cer- it's so, certainly significant. Although the market has dropped, mm-hmm. it's, it's still a, a net positive for, for anyone who's bought a home prior to that. Yeah, I think so. And James, I was interviewed by BNN Bloomberg uh, in November about uh, clients that are, their mortgages are coming up for renewal. Not so much mm-hmm. in, our, in our province, but uh, there were comments from professionals across this country that there may be more homes coming up for sale because mm-hmm. clients are renewing and when their renewals are coming up, the rates are much higher today than they were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two yeah. years ago, even six yeah. months ago. Um, so uh, have you had any rumblings from clients that are listing that they're listing their homes due to, you know, some financial hardship? We are definitely seeing that in the marketplace. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen it a couple of times, especially anyone is who, who's in that position. So you kind of backtrack the time frame on when they bought the house. We do see it in the market right now, but I don't think it's kind of, uh, you know, had a, had a big effect here yet. It's definitely coming um, because some of these renewals um, are quite substantial. And, and, and you have to ask yourself, you mean, you know, if, if, you know, I don't know too many, too many homeowners that uh, would have that kind of a disposable income to mm-hmm. offset that. Um, so it's just easier for them to get out from underneath it, but it's definitely on the horizon. Uh, and I think we're going to see an uptick of that in the spring. Uh, I think we're going to see an uptick in uh, duplexes, triplexes, and as well Airbnb with the multis. Yeah, I think just obviously with Nova Scotia, we know, and I and, and mm-hmm. obviously in Ontario and across the country, many provinces have limited the amount that rents can be increased. So I think we're certainly uh, landlords and small landlords have been impacted by that because their costs Correct. are higher, but they have been able to collect more income. Uh, we have Correct. about a minute left, James, and I just want to kind of give you the last word. As we know, it's Financial Literacy Month. Uh, in many households, the home is the biggest asset. Um, but there's all kinds of different real estate that people can in, invest in to increase their net worth. Um, we'll give you the final word. What uh, Financial Literacy Month, in terms of increasing your asset, what is your best advice to clients? 
Well, I mean, I think going into uh, into 2023, we just, you know, I think a lot of people have to be a bit more reserved in their approach on things. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, have flexibility in the budget and, and, and be and be positive um, with with cash flow. It's going to be very important coming into the next year or two. And so, when it comes to say on the purchasing side, you know, it's even though you may be uh, you know pre-approved at at a, at a higher price point, make sure that what you're purchasing um, is is a good reflection of, of of the budget. Just because you can afford a higher or more expensive home does not necessarily mean that's a, a positive thing especially if we have any bit of a, a downturn that's coming. So I would say just be very cautious, have the research done, especially if you're planning on purchasing, make sure that that list price is the correct price. And, and if you do have to offer over that, make sure it's in line with the market. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you can't fall in love with any house, um, especially in that type of a market, because, you know, it's got to make sense. It's got to right. make sense at the budget. It's got to make sense in the black right. and white. And uh, just be, you know, just be very, you know, okay, patient James, and persistent. James, hate to interrupt you, but we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much. Sure. I appreciate your insight as always, pal. All right. Take care, guys. Okay. That's James Dwyer. We'll be right back. Gotta let it play a little longer. It's just that good. I thought you were gonna sing along. No, not gonna write. I wanna hear this part. Yeah, I mean, it's just orchestrated. This is actually a good segue to what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, it is. It, and that was the reason why. See, there's, there's more going on here than, than what the, you realize, right? The amount that we do to like get this show ready. It just it would blow your mind. Unbelievable. I know. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, on City News in Halifax and Ottawa. And we're going to, what's well, Financial Literacy Month. And uh, one of the pillars of Financial Literacy Month, uh, it would obviously be credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you'd agree with that. But, I would say that's the number one thing that we get asked about every day. Right, so that's cornerstone it's of, really, of any deal. It's really a cornerstone about a lot of things in your right. life, Todd, not just mortgage lending. That's right. You know, if you're buying a car... You're getting a job. You're renting an apartment. Um, you know, you you need a credit card. There's a lot. If uh, you need to verify your identity, there's a lot of things that are involved with um, credit. And I think having good credit can certainly open up some doors. And I think having no credit can be very challenging. And I think yeah. having poor credit can be can yeah. be hard too. So, yeah. um, but the bottom line is is to the uh, to the song. There are other chances. Give yeah, give, give, give me another chance. Give right? me another chance, and you know what? One wrong doesn't mean it's wrong for our life. That's you know right. what I mean? Um, right. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, and we do yeah. see it. You know, uh, we've all made mistakes in the past. Absolutely. So that being said, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about credit. Okay. You know, a lot of people have literally no idea what credit is, and I think there's a lot of. Um, you know, kind of misconceptions that people kind of go along in their life and they believe a certain thing. You know, they've heard that once from maybe a professional or they've heard that from family or friend and they just go along with it and it's not always accurate. What do you mean have no idea about credit? 
honestly, like we see a lot of customers that think their credit's fine and the credit's not good. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of customers be like, I, I don't know, I don't think my credit's that good and it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that are just not aware of what's going on mm-hmm. with their credit. And um, I think that's a really important thing to just learn about, know where you're at and know what you can do to either maintain or improve it. Yeah. Do you feel that uh, these types of things could be taught uh, at the uh, at the scholastic level? I'm oh, talking education. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think in high school, they they talk about, you know, things like income and, you know, opening a bank account and all these things, but they don't dive really into credit and what is credit and how you can maintain good credit. Um, I think that's so important. And you always hear about these stories that, you know, 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds are maybe going to school and they get their first credit card and they max it out. Right. No one ever tells them. And I think parents don't talk about credit enough because it's it's taboo. But should they even, is that even responsible? Because a little anecdote, when I was uh, back in the day, I did the same thing and I maxed out a credit card. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were started calling uh, my my parents' house, you know, looking for the collection agency when the time came again, back long ago. And my father basically told them, he said, "Look, like thirty years you, ago, you, well, whatever, what longer than that." <laughs> but basically, he said, "You want to give a twenty and eighteen year old kid a credit card, and then you think you're going to expect to collect it? You, you know, you're you're taking a big gamble, right? Yeah, so. you're certainly <laughs> taking a big gamble. Oftentimes, the gamble works out, Todd. No, I get but it. I think but a lot of people something make to be mistakes. said for the rank. So that's the point though people will make mistakes at that age Greg. yeah and i yeah. think a lot of mistakes that are made hopefully are when you're young because you've, right. you have time to then correct it mm-hmm. um in nova scotia uh the limit is six years to be able to collect right so at six years it's non-collectible and if there is any derogatory things that were on that credit bureau it's going to fall off yeah so if there was a written off account or a collection mm-hmm. um or a, you know a bankruptcy that would come off after six years. Yeah. You think that's that's fair? Do you think that, that or somebody, I guess it's fair to the person that's losing the, uh, the Lo- obligation. Losing the <laughs> obligation, yeah. So um, is it fair? Is it not fair? In some provinces, I think it's 10 years. Oh, is that right? And some provinces, yeah. it's seven years. Yeah. So I think Nova Scotia is probably one of the more liberal yeah. provinces in terms of like what that legislation looks like. I'm just curious though that why that would have been enshrined at one point to what the enlightenment would have been for the beneficiary of society so that you know obviously if people are are, are perpetually indebted they'll mm-hmm. never get out of that cycle and and then that's probably the the envision behind it. What do you think? I know we're going to a deep dive on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, people make mistakes. They need some time to like rehabilitate maybe. Yeah. And that's kind of the time frame that they have set forth, at least here in Nova yeah. Scotia. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and you kind of touched on something there. Like there's some people that are forever indebted. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy if you do need to have a reset. Yeah. And I think if you have to go through something like that, Oftentimes it's due to health issues, loss of employment, loss mm-hmm. of business, matrimonial breakdown. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about poor money management and poor yeah. credit management. Yeah. Um, but people need a reset. And that doesn't mean that you're forever in purgatory mm-hmm. or credit pur- purgatory, I should say. Um, again, these things do fall off and you can also rebuild your credit, yeah. which I think is important. Uh, I Sometimes I see people doing consumer proposals and bankruptcies when maybe they shouldn't. I think some of these, um, you know, advisors and and companies that offer those services 
you know, they're doing a sale too. Yeah, they're making money. They're making money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? By administering yeah. these these programs. Um, I really think that, you know, if a consumer does have a lot of equity in a property, sell your property and clean up your debt. Mm-hmm. Or can you do a refinance and clean up your debt? Yeah. I think going to a consumer proposal or bankruptcy is kind of like that's the last that's the last right. possible option. Can you if you wanted to keep your house though? Yeah. And, and, and you're going through that process. You can, from what you... You can do a bankruptcy. It, you'd have to pay back the equity piece. Right. The, uh, the, or if you did a consumer proposal, right. like that's an orderly repayment of debts and I it see. doesn't impact the actual house itself. Right. So, but you can't be sitting there with $100,000 in equity and say, I'm going to go bankrupt and keep that equity in that house. No, because there is a, a factor where you have to pay back any of the equity... Any, any, you know, any savings. And that would don't be on, any on, on the sale. That would all, for intents and purposes, lean on that. Yeah, or you or you need to pay it back. So there's certainly a time frame. So like there is like a, a quick release, which I think takes nine or 12 months in Nova Scotia, or sometimes it can take up to two or three years to be released from a bankruptcy, depending on if there is an overage for the income. Right. Or if there's an overage in terms of the assets. Yeah. It's all a proposal to the creditors and the creditors have to agree Right. Whether you're doing a consumer proposal or bankruptcy, you yeah. just don't get absolved. Yeah. And the court gets involved, obviously, if it yeah. is a bankruptcy and everybody, you know, kind of has to come together. Oftentimes there are assets, assets mm-hmm. and the assets need to be liquidated to give certain like pennies on the dollar yeah. to the creditors. Um, and I think, you know, if somebody does have a lot of assets, but maybe the assets are tied up. Right. Or you're not re- if you're not willing or able to liquidate the assets for whatever reason, maybe a consumer proposal is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see people that do have assets that there probably was another option. Right. I think you need to look at all of your angles and weigh the pros and cons. Right. Um, I think sometimes people don't like know what the long term implications are yeah. from some of these yeah. things. And you know, we touched on it before. Sometimes we have consumers that. Um, you know, miss a payment and it's a very small payment, like a $10 payment. They're like, oh, well, it's only $10 payment. I'm making my $1,000 payment, yeah. but I'm going to skip my $10 payment. Right. A missed payment is a missed payment, yeah, that's right. you know? Yeah. And to talk a little bit about credit, there's two credit reporting agencies in Canada. Mm-hmm. There's Equifax and there's TransUnion. And sometimes people kind of paint them as the bad guys. It's like, well, the credit bureau's messed up. The credit bureaus, these agencies are only bringing the data that, that they're aggregating data for data that's given to them. Yeah. And sometimes there are issues on the credit bureau. There's mistakes, there's duplications, and you can get mistakes fixed. Like you need, but you need to have the supporting documentation. Sometimes that takes time. Yeah. And that's why I think monitoring your credit is really important, especially if you're planning on doing a, a big financial transaction. Um, there are, you can obviously do credit monitoring. And we said this earlier in the month in our previous show, you can do credit monitoring directly with Equifax or TransUnion, but there are free apps, BorrowWell and Credit Karma. So I'd recommend, you know, consumers to download both of those and keep an eye on your credit. Uh, the credit scores in Canada are made up of a score out of 900. So 900 would be considered what a perfect score is. And yeah. there are unicorns out there, Todd, that do have 900 scores. I see yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but good credit is typically, you know, above 7, 720 as a score is considered like good. Um, you know, under 700, if you're like the high 600s, like 680, that's okay. Mm-hmm. When you start getting down below 680 to 600, it's kind of fair. And usually there's been some issues. Either you are very heavily indebted compared your limits compared to your balances. So that's one of the main cornerstones with credit. Keep the balances down. Mm-hmm. Make the payments. Obviously the payments, if you miss a payment, that's going to stay on for the six year period. Yeah. And there's other things that impact your credit, like credit inquiries. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. People think that credit inquiries is the biggest 
thing that's going to impact your credit. Right. And that only makes up about 10% of the score. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But there's other things like credit mix that impacts your score. Yeah. And there are the addresses, like how often are you moving? And there's a new address that reported to your credit bureau. That makes a difference. Yeah. It all impacts how stable and reliable you are going to be as a credit risk. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah it all comes down to risk. It's, it all really yeah. comes down to risk. Yeah. And some people think that when you're getting a mortgage, if you have the most amazing credit ever, you're going to get a better rate. In our industry, typically you're either approved or declined yeah. from a prime lender. Right. And if you can't get uh, you know approved for a prime lender, then we have to go to like a subprime or an alt A lender. And yes, that will be a higher rate. Um, but if you're pro- uh, approved with a prime lender, everybody gets the same rate. Yeah, the trade. Everybody gets the same rate. Yeah. It's not going to give. You're not going to get a better rate just because the credit is better. Now, can you? Uh, it's a yes or no usually. It's a yes or no, but but you can perhaps is are, is there any negotiation at all? Because you ever say, look, I've got a deal here. I've got t- t- uh, two other lenders that want this. Uh, can you cut us a deal at all? I would say no. No. At least it, for what we do, we yeah. give everyone the floor rate. Yeah. I know some branch lenders. Yeah. They start out at a higher rate, and then you bit. like negotiate down, negotiate, right. and I think, yeah, and and, and that also we're like gives the no haggle, you know, yeah, you know, like when you're buying a, a car, yeah. and and we, I think it's the old adage is like when you're buying a domestic vehicle, yeah, there's a lot of negotiation, right, yeah, but when you're buying an import, usually you pay the sticker price, yeah, you would, it is what you what you what you get, with a mortgage broker, we're trying to give everyone the best rate that we can give them, yeah. Us here in Halifax, we're not a discount brokerage. We consider ourselves a full-service brokerage. You know, mm-hmm. we have two offices, and we have a, a lot of support, yeah. and we give a lot of education. So we give the lowest rate that is available from the lenders that we deal do business with. Yeah. nice thing is we do a lot of business. Yeah. So typically, we get a very competitive rate. Mm-hmm. Are we the absolute lowest in the marketplace? No, because that's a race to the bottom. There's always going to be somebody lower, yeah. right? Yeah. So we definitely give a fair price, and we give everyone the floor. Because we want to really think that we're giving clients, you know, advice and service and that the clients are going to come back and we're giving them a fair shake, right? Because I think if you're always racing to the bottom with the rates, next time, guess what? Somebody else is going to race to the bottom. Yeah. There is no bottom. The bottom just keeps on, keeps on going down, so. Okay, well, we've got uh, one more segment to go in uh, Financial Literacy Month. So we get some, any ideas what you want to talk about? Well, I think we can talk about, uh, you know, certainly more about financial literacy and how you're going to keep it going through the holidays and into next year. And uh, we can give a little recap of how the whole whole year went. Sounds good. Uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. We'll be right back. It's that uh, season, right? That's it. It's We're into literally the season right here. around the corner, isn't it? All right. So it's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clint Wilkinson and myself, Tom Vino, on City News in Halifax and Ottawa. And it's our final segment of Financial Literacy Month. It's the final segment of our fourth season of doing the show. So it's an auspicious occasion for sure. 
and uh, we uh, we just want to well we want to go out on a high note. Would you say that that's where we're at at this point? I think it certainly is going to be a high note. Um, you know, we've really had uh, you know a season full of mm-hmm. uh, great topics. Uh, we've been through obviously some tough times. We've reported on the news around the what's going on with the Bank of Canada, and um, you know, I think that we've tried to give as much advice as we can. And, you know, I think we've talked about income, we've talked about assets and we've talked about, you know, really what's going on in the marketplace here in Halifax and across the country for real estate. So, uh, you know, we certainly had a a lot lot of listeners and, you know, we've had a lot of people tuning in and I think the education is just really important this year. And, you know, I think we'd be remiss to say that inflation is really still at all time highs. Now, obviously, there has been some softening since the Bank of Canada has increased the key overnight rate, but it has not yet softened enough. And obviously, some people are going to be having maybe a slightly more challenging holiday season this year compared to previous. And I think next year is going to be a bit of a storm, Todd. Mm -hmm. I think we all need to tighten our proverbial financial belts yeah, really and yeah. i think that but we, are people doing that though because like you were talking i don't know about, we're heading into christmas again yeah and and the fever pitch hits and the malls and everybody wants to get out and look do people get it i'm not sure people get it yet yeah. uh you know we've said people that are in a low fixed rate um those rates are not lasting forever and right. chances are when that rate comes up for renewal you are going to renew into a higher rate mm-hmm. also consumer goods are at all-time highs. You know, we've talked a lot about variable rates. Today, Todd, about yeah. 70% of consumers are taking a variable rate. Um, you know, uh, we've been on, obviously, in City News in Halifax and in Ottawa, and some people are feeling the pinch because of what's going on with variable rate mortgages. Some people are regretful that they did take a variable rate mortgage when the rates were low. They thought yeah. they were going to stay low forever. Um, and, you know, that's not the case. But the rates will go down again, Todd. I think that's what we need to remember. And the people that are regretful, you can't regret the past. Mm-hmm. Everything is a snapshot in time with the information that we have at that time. First off, we didn't think there was going to be a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Second off, we didn't think inflation was going to be a, a runaway runaway train. Right. So the one thing is that, yes, if you took a low fixed rate, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it's cheaper today. Right. But over the next five years, will it be? We are not sure. Historically, consumers do better in a variable rate. And you, as a consumer who took a variable rate, took it for a reason. It was lower at the time, and it really provides a lot of flexibility. You can always convert your variable rate into a fixed rate. But if you were to break your variable rate mortgage early, it's only three months interest. So there's a lot of pros around a variable rate. Is it more costly today compared to maybe your friend that took a mortgage a year ago? Yes, it is. But what will happen again in another year? Mm-hmm. We need to remember variable is variable. And I think it's really about kind of keeping an eye on that. Um, you know, talking about financial literacy month, the holidays can be a stressful time for anyone. You know, I think that we are very much in a consumer goods environment. We're in this instant gratification. We want to provide a great holiday to our family and our friends. But I think this year, um, you know, it's a more about maybe experiences. I think Mariah Carey said in our song, yeah. you know, all she wants for Christmas is you. Yeah. She, and I think that's okay. I think we really need to like buckle down. We're in a storm right now, Todd. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Christia Freeland, uh, when she put out um, her advice here earlier in November, said that Canadians are having a hard time and next year is going to be hard. It's going to be dark times. So what can you do today going into the holidays? And what can you do in January and going forward to best manage your finances and kind of shelter yourself or shield yourself from the impacts yeah. of inflation. Yeah. And and like you've said many times, if in fact you are at the point where it's, it, it, it's overwhelming, and then again, we want to be positive here, but the reality is that perhaps look at selling. It, it might be the time for you to sell and start over, and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? I think some consumers, you yeah. know, we're seeing reports in Ontario that some consumers that had a mortgage from an alternative lender or a MIC, which is a mortgage investment corporation, mm-hmm. are not offering renewals right. because either the value of the home has gone down yeah. or they need to regather their capital. Yeah. So I think dealing with renewals early, looking at your entire financial you know, uh, situation, um, there's nothing dishonorable from selling your home and starting again. That might be the reset that you need. A lot of yeah. consumers do still have a lot of equity in their homes. Yeah. So maybe you can sell that home and buy a smaller home. Maybe you can sell that home and rent. I, you know, in Atlantic Canada and Halifax, uh, rental vacancy is only at about 1%. So I think that's also challenging. But I think looking at it and planning, and I do understand the emotional connection to real estate. I get it. Yeah. I don't have it specifically. Right. I'm in a very, you know, a, a business where I bought and sold homes like many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have that emotional connection, but a lot of people do. Right. But don't let up that emotional connection, you know, dig yourself a hole that you yeah. can't maybe get out of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and again, just Ask the questions, right? If you don't know, if you're in, it's, it's a good time of year. We're going to get into this, obviously, into the new year. We'll talk about all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it's, instead of waiting till after Christmas, do it now. Like, open everything up, have a look at all the statements, and make wise decisions as a, as a, that's the best gift that anybody can give to each other as a family. Is honesty. Is make honesty and informed decisions together. You touched on it. We, yeah. We've joked about Wine Wednesday. It doesn't right. have to be Wednesday. It doesn't, you don't have to drink wine. But yeah. Open your bills. Yeah. Talk about what you owe. Talk about how much money you have in the bank. Talk about your income. Talk about your credit with your spouse. If you're an individual person, then do that with yourself. Yeah, Maybe make right. a spreadsheet. Yeah. Look at things you know once a week or once a month, and then that will help you make a budget. Yeah. People are not good at budgeting. Canadians have not been great at saving either. Obviously, there's some great saving vehicles that you can take advantage of, like RRSPs and TFSAs, yeah. but by and large we're very heavily indebted. And I think paying down the debt now will pay you dividends down the road. And really making sure that you focus on the needs versus the wants. Because even at this level of inflation, the costs are still going up. But most people's income, you know, is staying relatively stable. So I think really keeping an eye on that is very important. Yeah, and again, but but heading into Christmas, have a realistic Christmas. Like have it have it so that have the conversation and and have a family conversation about it as well, right? Talk to your kids. Talk to your kids. Um, yeah. talk to your spouse. Right. And talk about these financial literacy things. You know, I think talk about the credit. Talk about all the assets and saving and all all these things. And I think it will make your household a stronger place. And I think, you know, having a lean Christmas is going to be okay. Really focus on those experiences. And how many times I've, I've seen it, I've had it myself. You've received gifts and you're like, okay, that's nice in the moment. But then you're like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You want to open something, maybe 
you want to open one really great gift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing that uh, we definitely want to do is wish everybody happy holidays. However you celebrate uh, throughout uh, the, the whole region. Uh, from from us at City News, and of course from uh, from you and your business, right? One hundred percent. You know, our our listeners have been very loyal all year long, and we do thank you. Yeah. Um, we're going to be back with you in December to uh, give my commentary on what's going to go on with the Bank of Canada. So we'll yeah, be back in be back early early sure. December, yeah. and uh, maybe Todd and I will will give a little shout out here before the end of the year. I know. Yeah, uh, I'll get you back on the air. We, in we, we will do a little something uh, over Christmas and a little teaser for next year. Yeah, you know, you, for our, for our listeners that want to tune in in January. Yeah. Uh, in January, we're going to talk about Mary Detmus. So exactly. we'll see if you you were listening here in November and see what happens in okay, December. Okay, quickly, we'll talk about people Mary get Detmus. a hold of you. How they can check us out at TeamClinton.ca/radio. Lots of great information on there, and uh, we love to continue the conversation about financial literacy all through the year. All right, Mortgage One Hundred and One, your guide to home ownership, Clinton Wilkins, myself, Todd Vino. Thanks for listening.